didn't know about Jacob's song until, um, like I said, I got the outline or the order of service. Uh, but the title of the sermon is called, Please Don't Give Up. That was, I wrote that yesterday as the title. Again, did not know uh, what Jacob was going to be teaching or singing. Um, but uh, if you take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, you can stand when you get there. We're going to start in verse number 28 of Matthew chapter 11. Probably a familiar passage for most of us, um, and uh, it doesn't mean that it's not valuable or not good anymore, because uh, the more you hear it, the more you understand it, uh, the more it can actually help us in our lives. So uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy... And my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I'm grateful for who you are. Uh, just day by day, and I often forget and don't think and don't consider who you are to me and my life specifically, to the world, to my family, to everybody. Lord, you love us. You care about us. You care about what we care about. And you're there for us, Lord. There is hope because you came to die for us. We have a home in heaven, if we want it, with you forever. Lord, I pray that uh, this, the things that are said here this morning uh, will bring you glory and bring help to your people. Lord, help me to have a clear mind and clear tongue uh, to be a help to any, any that might need it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So as I've been preparing to, to, to do this sermon, um, I've kind of been going back and forth. It seems like I say this every time I preach. I didn't know what I was going to preach. Um, it happens a lot. And I, the Lord just wouldn't let me get away from this idea of, of, of hope, of, of giving up, of hard times, of trials, of tough things, really motivating stuff here this morning. I'm going to tell you how bad things probably are in your life and how some things in your life are, are causing you to struggle um, and bring you down and weigh you down. A uh, real uplifting message. Uh, no, I mean, hopefully you're encouraged. I'm kidding. Um, it is going to be good, though, because as Jacob's saying, there is hope. There is hope. Even though we go through tough times, there is, a, there is an answer. Uh, there is relief. There is an escape. Um, doesn't mean we get to ex escape from them, but we can get through them because of who he is, because of the help that he brings. And as we read in our passage here this morning, uh, Jesus offers an invitation to people and says, come. Come to me, Every, everybody who's, and, and I think this applies to every human being, uh, all that are, that labor and are heavy laden. And all human beings go through times of life where you're weighed down. And the word labor there just means feel fatigue, right? It's a Sunday, you've probably had a long week work, or work of hmm, clear, clear thoughts, clear mind, clear tongue, a long week full of work. There we go. We got it out eventually. And you're, and you're tired, physically tired today. You've worked hard. You've put a lot of effort in, in, in all the things that you've done throughout the week. And you come here today and you get to sit here for an hour or so and you kind of get to breathe a sigh of relief maybe a little bit. Um, and hopefully you, you're coming and you want to be encouraged. You want to find what the Lord has for you today. And you're looking at your spiritual life and how to kind of refresh that as well. But you've labored. You've, you feel fatigue. Heavy laden there means loaded up. It's like an overburdened animal, right? Picture an animal that just has too many things burdened upon it, and it's struggling to even stand anymore. That's, that's what that word heavy laden or those words mean, is that you feel just oppressed, heavy laden, burdened, overburdened, loaded up. I think we can all say we probably have times in our life where we feel loaded up, overburdened. Um, and Jesus makes an offer to those people and says, come, I will give you what? Rest. He says, I'll give you rest. And that means just a refresh, to take ease, even to be exempt is what that word means, to be exempt. And he's saying, what I have to offer you, even the hard things that I have to offer you, because I'm here, Jesus is saying, because it's my yoke, it's easy. Because he's there to lift it with you. He's there to help you through those times. Without the Lord, you've got you to carry all that yourself. All the trials that you're going through in your life, all the struggles, all the hard times that you, you go through, without the Lord, those are yours to bear and yours alone. But Jesus says, you come to me, I'll, I'll carry that with you. It's like when you're bench pressing and you got your spotter, 
right? When it gets really hard, it gets really heavy, that the spotter only has to put like a finger or two on it and they can help you lift it and it becomes way easier. Jesus says, come, I, what I have to give you, if you have me with you, it's, it's, it's much lighter. Life can be exhausting though. So I wanted to start with understanding that the Lord helps us make us light. But now I'm going to go and I'm, I'm probably going to get a little specific with you because I want you to think of the things in your life that are hard. Okay? I, want, I want you to be honest about it. I want you to look at your life and those around you and, and see how exhausting life can be. Life can be burdensome. It can weigh you down. It can grind your will to powder. Right? There are a lot of things that can do that. It can burden you. You can feel like that overburdened animal. It can push and pressure your small, tiny, weary pile of humanity into a small little box that you just feel trapped in. Right? Life can do that to you. Not always. Sometimes life is great. Sometimes troubles are light. But we all have been through those times and might be in those times. And maybe we step away from those times here at church for a moment and try to relieve some of that pressure. But then you go back out and you get back on your phone. You look at your bank account or, or whatever things are in your life. And that pressure just builds up again. And you're, there you are, that tiny little pressure pile of humanity is just trying to smile at everybody here. But that's hard. Life can come at you that way. And sometimes uh, it's physical tiredness. Absolutely, it's physical exhaustion. But maybe even more so, it can be emotional exhaustion, right? Emotional weariness, where emotionally you've, you've got a lot of things you're fighting emotionally. And sometimes that's worse than physical. I can sleep, I can recover physically, but emotionally it's hard sometimes to bounce back from some of those things. And then even if we don't fully understand it and realize it and probably don't give it enough attention, there's spiritual exhaustion too. There's spiritual exhaustion, exhaustion that you can have present in your, in your life or you could just be neglecting your Bible reading. You could be neglecting your relationship with the Lord and that will bring exhaustion. But you can be oppressed spiritually. You could be fighting a spiritual battle along with a physical battle, along with an emotional battle. And life, it's, I mean, it's hard. And sometimes when all those things pile up, what comes? Desperation, hopelessness. Right? And we feel that desperation, we feel the hopelessness even that we might, we want attempted to escape. Right? You, to, to give up. To be like, I don't want to deal with this anymore, so I'm going to quit trying. I'm going to quit trying to deal with it. I'm going to quit trying to invest myself in it. It's, it's too hard for me. I'm just going to give up. Or maybe you don't have that option. You can't give up, but you're just going to check out. You're there, you go through the motions, you deal with it because you have to deal with it, but there's no happiness in your life, there's no joy. There's no strength. It's just you're there, but you're checked out because things are heavy and things are hard to bear. And so you just don't, you don't want to deal with it, so you check out. That uh, Words that are given to that a lot of times are depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and you just don't want to deal with it. And so you don't. And that's exhausting in and of itself. To choose not to deal with it is exhausting. So as I paint this picture for your life, super uplifting and helpful, um, but it's real. It's real. And, I, and, and I'm not going to pretend that we don't go through tough times, that we don't have hard, hard points in life, because they exist. And we're going to talk about some of them today. But the, the, the thing I really want to, to stick with you is, please, even though it's hard, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. So one of the first areas that we have in our life that it's, it can be difficult is, is the culture we live in just our life that we live in. Uh, go to 2 Chronicles, will you? 2 Chronicles chapter 15. <clears throat> 2 Chronicles chapter 15, we'll drop down to verse number 7. I'm sorry, verse number 5. Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 15, verse number 5. The Bible says, And in those times there was no peace, to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all, with all ad adversity. Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So the, the word there, vexation, just means dis discomfiture, destruction, trouble, tumult. In the country, in the nations, there was, there was adversity. Right? The culture and time that we live in, I mean, you just look at the wars that are happening. You look at just, I mean, the wars and the effects that they have on people that are here and the fighting that we have here because of wars overseas and, and just the rampant 
uncaring for what God has to say about anything in our country that was founded on those things. And as a Christian, you can look at that and you can feel discouraged. You can feel even afraid, right? You can, you can, be dis, you can even despair because of what might be coming, right? If, if our country continues on the path that it, it is going on and accelerating on, I mean, there's fear for our children, for our grandchildren. What will this country be in 50 years if the Lord doesn't return? Where will we go if, if our direction doesn't change, right? But verse number seven says, because of these things, but be ye strong therefore. So because things are so tough, because nations are fighting, because there's vexation and adversity everywhere, God's people need to be strong because of that. Why? Because who do we have to be at our back? Who do we have spotting us? We have Jesus spotting us. We have the Lord at our back. He says, because of this, be strong. Take courage. The things that you do, the, 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 the fact that you got up, you brought your family to church today. You try to live life the right way. You, you don't watch the things that culture says to watch. You don't listen to the things that culture says, yeah, it's not that bad. That you keep yourself away from things that the culture is fully embracing. And you may feel like you're fighting a losing battle because the culture's got a lot of money. The culture has a lot of power and has a loud voice. And sometimes you feel like your voice is not that loud. You even, I mean, when you have kids and you try to keep them away from the things that just kids shouldn't be dealing with when they're this age, when they're young. It just shouldn't be a thing that happens, but our culture is forcing it upon them. And some parents are even forcing it upon their children in the, in, in the name of equality or acceptance. And you as a parent trying to live what the Bible says and what God says, you can feel like you're fighting an uphill battle and you're going to lose. And so you almost feel like it's not worth putting in all the effort because I can't overcome that. I can't, I can't beat that. I can't overcome it. And you're right, on your own, you can't. You need the Lord's help. And that's why you, as a parent in this specific situation, you have to know the Lord. You have to have a relationship with the Lord as a parent if you're going to protect your kids from those things that the culture wants to push on us. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't give in to the culture, what they say is right. and what we, they, it's, it's, it's the opposite, right? They call right wrong and wrong right. The Bible told us this would happen. So don't give up. When the culture pushes, don't give up. The, the, the work that you put in, staying strong, it will be rewarded. The Bible tells us it will be. Next thing, don't give up when hardships and tests of life come. When? Hardships will come. And they'll come in a lot of different forms, a lot of different areas. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you probably know it. I'm just going to read it. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Amen. Your life's adversities come to you with the Lord's knowledge. You realize that. The thing that is on your mind right now, the adversity in your life, or adversities, maybe there's multiple. Those things that you're struggling with today, God, God knew when they came. The day before it happened... Right, the day before it became your knowledge that you had this problem or this adversity or this battle or this, this struggle to fight, the day before your knowledge knew it, his already did. God knew it was coming your way. He is faithful. He, can, he will be there, just like we said. Jesus is there. His yoke is easy. He's there with you. He knows the struggles you have. He knows the problems that were coming your way. The Lord had that knowledge. And all his, his all-knowing sovereignty fully encompasses your life, your life situations, regardless of what they are. I'll say it again because I stumbled. His all-knowing sovereignty fully encompasses your life situation. There's, there's not a part of your life problem or situation or struggle, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's a, a relationship, Whatever, whatever problem you're dealing with, whatever struggles you're going through that make you feel overburdened, God knows that and his sovereignty fully encompasses your life in every situation in it. Everything. There's nothing that's outside of that. So he's fully aware of what you're going through. Okay, He fully understands what it is. He knew it was coming. And he says there's a way he will help you and give you a way of escape. Not an escape or a removal necessarily from them sometimes sometimes God removes them and praise him for when he does but sometimes he just gives assistance and grace to help you bear them right. That's true. to bear that that burden to bear that yoke 
That's why he says, my yoke is easy. He, ne- he doesn't, you don't remove the yoke completely. He's not saying you'll never have burdens, you'll never have struggles, you'll never have hard times or adversities. He says, you will, but I know about them. And, and I will be there to help you through them. He will give you the grace to get through them. If you've been through a trial in your life and you've seen God work and give you grace, it's unexplainable. It doesn't make sense. People that don't know the Lord, they fall apart. Like they crumble. Emotionally, they crumble. Physically, they crumble. And they have no spiritual life because they don't know the Lord. So they don't have that grace and that help, that light yoke. And they fall apart. It's, it, that's part goes back to our culture. That's part of the problem with our culture. They have no help. And so they just, it's madness because they have nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. They crumble. But you don't, ha- you don't have to be that way. Now, you can choose to be that way. You can choose to crumble under the pressure. You can choose to say, I, I quit. I give up. That's what that is. It's crumbling. It's acting as if the Lord isn't involved and has no ability to help you. But he tells us he does. He says, my yoke is light. It's easy because he's there with you. So when, when life's adversities come, those hardships come, those tests come, whatever they may be. And they could be huge to you and small to someone else. Teenagers, a lot of times adults scoff at your problems because, oh, you're just a kid. Your problems are big problems. They're real problems. And we went through those problems too. And when we went through those problems at your age, it mattered to us. And they were life-altering to us. And something happens when we get adults and we start to scoff at problems that kids have. No, kids have real problems, real struggles. But the Lord helps you as teenagers or middle schoolers just as much as he helps pastor through his struggles or any any adult your parents any adult you look up to God is not bigger for them than he is for you he's just as big for you as he is for them and he wants to help you through those things so those problems you're going through and I know you're sometimes teens you feel like we're just kind of talking beyond the front few rows to all the adults that have mortgages right and whose bodies start to not work the way they're supposed to things start to hurt right things don't function the heart doesn't pump the blood the way it's supposed to and we have aches and pains and teenagers are like okay that sounds bad I don't ever want to get old so then he's not talking to me no you have problems too and I know that and God knows that and God knows the struggles you're dealing with right now and I want you to think about them too God knows the struggles you're dealing with and he knew it was coming before it came and he's there to help you through it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter how young you are God knows and when those hardships come he's there. So don't quit. Don't give up. Don't, don't throw the towel in. Don't change your methods. Don't, don't decide it's not working and not worth living for the Lord because of this. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stick with it. Next, don't give up when you know you're inadequate. Anybody else feel inadequate? Yeah. Okay. I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate right now. (laughs) I feel inadequate often right? And that's okay. It's good to know you're inadequate. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul then says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me, right? So you're inadequate. You have weaknesses. Your marriage, you're inadequate for your marriage. Husbands and wives, you are inadequate as a husband. You're inadequate as a wife. You're not enough, not on your own. You're not enough. You're inadequate in your parenting. Moms and dads, we're bad parents sometimes. We make mistakes. We just, not even just mistakes, we just do it wrong. And we, we, we parent selfishly often. Right. Parent for ourselves, not our kids. You're inadequate. Your health, right? I said, as we start to get older, our health starts to waver in certain areas. And then it, then it starts where it doesn't respond the way you want it to. Then it starts having issues and your brain is like, just do what I'm telling you to do. And it just doesn't function that way anymore. And that's frustrating. And that's a hardship, right? And that's, that's inadequacy because, because your body is used to, you're used to your health being a certain way. You may have had health struggles your whole life, but you've adapted to them and you live life that way. But then something big comes and now you can't get around. Now you're stuck, Right? We have people watching right now that they just can't get out, physically un- unable to do so. And man, that's got to be maddening. That's, you've got to have a lot of, you've got to be encouraged. You've got to encourage yourself and the Lord to, to understand where you are. Because if you're stuck and your body doesn't respond, or your body starts shutting down or doing things you wish it wouldn't do, that's frustrating. And you're inadequate to do anything about it. You could do all the treatments and all the things, and, and then if it works, great. If it doesn't, what are you going to do? You have no physical ability to do anything about it. Those ailments are there, and it's hard. 
right? Handling life just in general. I think the, the youths call it adulting. I'm saying the youths like the 20-somethings. They're like, look at me, I'm adulting. I bought groceries. It's like, good job, you fed yourself. Congratulations on the adulting. Now go pay your taxes. <clears throat> but adulting is hard sometimes, right? Things come up in life, bills come, unexpected breakdowns happen in cars. If you own a home, you're always fixing something. It always has money to go somewhere, right? Life, being, just being adult, being a person is hard sometimes. But don't give up because you can't even, right? Because that's the easy thing to do is like, I can't even do this. I can't and I'm not gonna. So I give up. Yes, that's for you, Diana. But be glad, <laughs> it's her catchphrase, can't even, uh, it's not. Be glad that you know you can't. You're inadequate, accept it. Understand you're inadequate because once you understand you're inadequate, you understand you can't even alone. You need the Lord. Like Paul said here, I will rather glory in my infirmities. He said, I am happy. I'm grateful for the problems. I'm grateful for the sickness. I'm grateful for the, the lack, for the shortcomings, for the fact that I'm not good at this and that because, because I am weak in these areas and because I know that I can't do it, then when I get through it or whatever God decides to do in spite of, it's because of him. I can rely on, and, it, and the words are used on purpose, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He helps us those that are weak. So when you know you're inadequate, then that means God can step in and do what you can't. Those are reasons to not give up. Because you want to give up when your marriage is frustrating and you don't make any headway. And no one's willing to give, right? No one's willing to forgive or give in or, or be what they're supposed to be. When your, your kids don't do what you want them to do, when it seems like the only thing they want to do is what you say not to do, right? It's easy to just say, forget it. It's hard. I don't want to do it. Whatever. Do your own thing or get out of the house. I'm not dealing with you anymore, right? You can do those things. You can give up when the health problems come and just be and say, I don't know what to do. And that's when that depression sets in and it just, that'll drag you down even more. It's easy to get that way. And humanly, that's where the first place we go. That's our default is give up. It's hard. But the Lord says through Paul, the power of Christ can rest upon you in those moments. So know your inadequacies and be grateful for them and ask the Lord to help you get through them. Allow Christ's power to rest over you. That's the burdens you want. You want the burdens of Christ's power. Those are the, the yoke that you want to have. Next, don't give up when your long asked and sought for prayers have not been answered. When your long asked, long asked and sought for prayers have not been answered, don't give up. Luke 18.1 says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. And then he tells the parable about the lady who sought justice and vengeance from the lawyer and he said no, and she asked again. He said no, and she asked again. And he said no, and she asked and asked and asked and asked and asked and asked. And eventually he said, fine, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And he gave in and did what, he want, what she wanted. She, she obtained what she needed through her persistence, through her sought after, much asking. This widow, the Lord cares for us way more than this lawyer did for that widow. The lawyer cared none for the widow. He just did it because she was pestering him. But God is your father. He loves you. So you're much sought for. You're much prayer. He wants to help. He wants to answer those prayers. You just have to trust him as your father, that his timing is right, that his answers are right. Sometimes, you know, if you ever had a kid and your, your kid asks you for things, sometimes you don't give them everything they ask for, right? Because you know better. And even though they might want something and they really think they want something, you know if you give that to them, it's actually worse off for them, so you give them something else. Or you don't give them anything at all. The Lord is a perfect parent. God is a perfect father. So the mistakes that we make, he doesn't make. So if you've been asking and asking and asking and asking, I'm not saying don't ask, but I'm saying trust God's timing on things and trust his answer. Sometimes his non-answer is an answer. Sometimes his answer is opposite of what you want. And I, anytime you pray for anything, you know this because his timing is never our timing. And that's one of the hardest things about waiting on him is because his timing, his timetable just, I mean, it doesn't even resemble what our time frame looks like. The way he operates, the time is nothing. 
And so to, to be frustrated and be like, fine, I'm quitting, I'm giving up. I'm not, I'm just, I won't go back to church, or I won't go back to class, or I won't do this, or I won't do that, because it's not worth it. God's not answering me. God's not hearing me. Why would I put all of me into that and invest myself in that when God clearly doesn't care? Don't, don't have that attitude. God cares about you way more than this lawyer cared about that widow. He hears you, and he's, he's going to answer you. You just have to be patient. You have to wait on his time. And that's where it goes back to your faith. Have faith in your God that he hears you. Is he your God? Did he die for you? Then, he, then have faith that he cares. Have faith that he hears and be willing to be patient. And don't quit. Don't give up because you didn't hear anything. If, if, my, kids, if my kids decided to walk out of the house and quit every time I ignored them, they'd have left years ago. They'd be wandering on who knows where, you know, looking for food. But no, you, you know, God hears us. He's a way better parent than I am. Way better. So don't quit. Don't walk out on him. Have faith that he hears you. Don't give up. Next, don't give up when the devil's darts find flesh. Devil's darts. He, he hate, he you guys know the devil hates you. Right? Like he's not, it's not some costumed red forked, you know, none of that. That's not real. He hates, he hates, he hates everyone in this building with a passion. I would ask you to think of the person you hate, but you shouldn't hate anyone. But anyone you dislike or just don't want to be around, you probably don't know them because so that's a little bit better. But think of the person you dislike the most. It doesn't pale, pales in comparison to the hate that the devil has for you. He is your enemy. He is our God's enemy. And because God loves us, he hates us. So he fires darts at you all the time. All the time. Unrelenting. Unrelenting attack. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't stop. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. He attacks. And he knows people. He's been around since people were around. He knows how people think. He knows how people react. He knows how people will react as far as a human race goes. He knows the weak points. He knows the weak points in your armor. He knows where he can find flesh when he fires a dart. And he will. And guess what? We're not perfect, so we have weak parts. We have weak spots. We have to be attentive. We have to have faith. Ephesians 6 the Bible says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. That means, that means we have to be aware. We have to be circumspect. You have to have a relationship with the Lord so you can put the armor on and protect through what God can do from those darts. Verse 16 says, Above all. That, I mean, that's kind of a good indicator. Like, this is going to be important. Above all. Taking the what? The shield of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to, uh, to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. So you need faith to stop those darts that he is shooting at you. And you say, well, I haven't had any spiritual battles lately. He's, maybe he's hit. Maybe he's hit. There, you have to have, be strong in faith and have that shield of faith. It's your faith in the God that saved you is what protects you from those darts. The faith in that God. He, he, you had enough faith in him to save you from eternal damnation in hell, but do you have enough faith to, in him to just have you go to work today? Do you have enough faith in him to be the husband you're supposed to be? Do you have enough faith in him to be the teenager you're supposed to be, to be the, the 20 or 30-something-year-old you're supposed to be? Do you have the faith in him to be, the, to be anybody because of him? Or do you just do it on your own? Do you just get through the day under your own knowledge and, 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 and experience and, and wisdom that you have and you get through the day? Are, are you, do you feel protected enough under your own? We, just, we talked earlier about being adequate. Do you feel like you're smart enough and good enough to just withstand the devil's fiery darts? You don't need him to help you with that? Trust me, he hits you once or twice, you're, you're never going to want to put that shield down. You're going to want to keep that shield up and as big as you possibly can covering you because only that can do it. Not your wits, not your knowledge, not your experiences, not your chutzpah. We'll just get through it. Good old Midwestern can do, right? That's, that's not enough. It's way far from enough. Nothing of yourself will, will quench those darts. Your faith in him protects you. Your active belief Right? Faith, active belief in his love and care for you protects you from the enemy's attacks. Active belief, not passive. Not yet, yeah, I trusted him to save me and now I just do my own thing. 
live my life, don't really, I don't really check in on the Bible that often. I mean, when I come to church, I hear it, but I don't really do it for myself. I don't really talk to him. I don't really have much of a prayer life. Pray before we eat, as long as it's not in public, you know, and it's usually pretty quick. You know, your active belief, the attacks of depression, oppression, the inadequacy that prevents us from living a life of victory or a life of service and action, right? God didn't just save us so we could sit. That's a waste of Jesus. God didn't save us so we could sit and just be. God saved us so we could do, right? We're not just supposed to hear, we're supposed to do. So if there's something in your life that's preventing you from doing, that's keeping you back from doing, from serving, from doing more, whatever that is, you need the Lord's help to protect you from those, those attacks. You need his help to, to get you overcome those things, right? And, and not everybody's do is the same, right? Your do looks different than everybody else's. You do things different, depends on your abilities, the talents that the Lord has given you. But he's saying, do, serve, be active. Active belief means active life. So if something's got you sidelined, don't give up. Get back out there. Ask the Lord to help you overcome those things. Those, those attacks that keep us wounded and bleeding, sitting on the sideline of life, unable to rise to the full potential that God has given for us, don't, don't quit. Don't stop the bleeding. The wounded, the, I, I know wounds, wounds hurt. My physical wounds hurt, but emotional wounds hurt more. Spiritual wounds hurt. I mean, they bleed, they can fester, and we can, it's hard to recover from emotional and spiritual wounds. And they will affect your service for him because it, it's all we focus on. It keep, I mean, if you've got a sore leg, it's, you're going to have a hard time running a marathon. Right? If you've got a wound that just festers and you can't get over it, you, and you're trying your best to do it, enlist the Lord. He, he wants to help you overcome this because he wants you to serve. He wants you to get back on the field, if you want to use a sports analogy. He wants you off the sideline. He wants you participating. Every person, every single human being, no one is exempt. And it's not a task. It's not a chore. It's not like, oh, i got to be participating. No, it's the greatest joy and fulfillment of your life to fulfill and get out there and do something for the Lord. That's what you're made for. That's what you were saved for. If you don't do something for God after salvation, your life really is empty and unfulfilled. You feel like you get to relax. I don't have to work, but you are unfulfilled. Get out there. Work. Overcome those things. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't allow his fiery darts to stop you. If anything, once he starts shooting, you start working harder. If those darts start coming at you and you recognize them as, as, as the enemy is attacks, again, he hates you, then punch him right back in the face with the Lord's help, and do more. Tell more people about the Lord. Say, you want to attack me? Let's go. And not of your own, not to say, I can do this, but say, God is bigger than the devil. God is huger. It's not a word. God is bigger than, than anything the devil can throw at you. God, it's like... So don't sit back. Don't quit. Step up. Do more. Find something in your ability range where you're at in your life and say, I'm going to take this up a notch. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to tell more people. I'm going to do, be a better husband, a better wife. Whatever the case may be, don't allow him to defeat you. Step up. Don't quit. Do more instead. Don't give up when the pressures of life seem relentless. Whew, it's heavy. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter six, uh, verse number four. The Bible says, "But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings." So, when the pressure of life comes, and this list of things we just read—that's a lot. Imprisonments, tumults. I mean. These are heavy things that happen in life. And he's saying, when these things come, right? It says approving ourselves. And that, that phrase there, approving ourselves, just means to exhibit or to, to commend, to stand, right? To set together. It means approving yourselves. It means when these things come, be ready to stand. 
understand who you are, understand who the Lord is for you, and through much patience, that word patience means cheerful endurance, or patiently waiting, right? You have to have patience when trials come your way, and you have to have cheerful patience. You know when the Bible talks about when, when the Pharisees fasted and when they prayed, they did it so everybody could see them? They're like, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like this person over here. Right? Or when they fasted, they just looked like, oh, Lord, I'm fasting for the Lord. It's, I'm suffering for Jesus. And then they make themselves look bad and look sad and discomfort their face. The Bible says have patience, and not just patience, but be cheerful. Cheerful patience. Cheerful endurance. Afflictions there means pressure, anguish, burden, necessities, constraint, distress. Distresses. Distresses there, the word literally means narrowness of room. Yeah, anybody claustrophobic? That's what distresses mean. That means when life comes and it's distressful, you feel like you're, you're trapped. You're trapped in a box that's ever shrinking. And there's no escape in your shoulders. You can't move. Your elbows are stuck. That's, that's when life does that to you. Don't quit. Please, don't quit. Because life will do that to you. And people quit all the time. People give up when that happens because it's hard. And it's, it's understandable, humanly speaking. But we have the Lord. Don't quit when those things happen. The requirements and expectations of life can make you feel like you're in a trash compactor. Just squeezing you slowly, slowly, and it gets tighter and tighter. No matter what you do, the relief does not come. And that's the way life feels like. It's just closing in. And maybe you get a small relief, and it stops for a little bit, and life is good. And you can like, breathe. Oh, that, that issue is resolved, or that person did this, or this, this relationship was restored. But then guess what? The devil, who hates you, keeps firing darts at you, and something else happens. And now the trash compactor starts closing in again. And you feel like you're never going to get over this. It's never going to go away. But verse number 7 says, drop down there, we didn't read it yet, but verse number 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and on the left. These are, this is how you get out of those things. This is how you withstand the trash compactor of life is through the word, is through his power, is through all the armor that we talked about putting on, the shield of faith. And, and it goes as far as to say it's on your left hand and it's, you're surrounded by it. So you're surrounded by the escape. You're surrounded by the help, the help that gets you through those trash compactors, that gets you through that life is surrounding you. Right? You're not going to find the, the trash compactor's power button and turn it off. It's not going to happen because that's life. Life is a trash compactor sometimes. But the word of truth is what helps you get through it anyway. The power of God, the armor of righteousness surrounding you. It's what gives you the ability to live with the pressures of life and still live with victory and still live with joy. Right, Having nothing yet possessing all things. That's what God does. And that's unexplainable. Because if you're sitting here and you've never been through a trial and a tough time and come out on the other side where God gave you grace, that doesn't make sense. Because you're telling me that the problems don't leave. They don't even lighten necessarily in intensity, but it's still, you can be happy and you can get through it and, it, and you just persist with joy. You don't just persist to get through and you're blah. You persist and you get through it with happiness, with joy. Having nothing but yet having everything. And the only exp explanation for that is God. And he gives grace when it's needed. So don't quit. So don't give up when that happens. Maddie, you ready? Okay. She's, she has said, I don't want to do this, Dad. Please don't ask me to do this. And I said, I'm your father. Sit there. You will do what I say. Just kidding. You sit there. You can sit in that chair. Okay, so we went through love and respect in the couples class, and I found out as a, as a wife, you're not a wife, or will you ever be, just kidding, um, <laughs> women like face-to-face -face communication. I think Brother John told me, knee-to-knee, -knee, right? They like to have that knee-to-knee -knee communication, while his husbands were like, we, Brother Roger and I, we can have a good conversation right here, close enough, <laughs> close enough for us, right? But our wives, women, aren't that way. Right? And so it got me thinking about how, how communication is, is done. And life is hard, right? And Madison, I know her, and that's why I brought her up here. And she represents her 
and thereby us as human beings. And I'm going to do a poor representation of God the Father, right? And so this is how our relationship is. Now, I know her, and I know, I know the things she goes through, right? She lives in my house. I know her hard times and her struggles. I know her fail- failures. I know her weak points, right? Um, but I also know I see the things she does do. I see the love that she does have and the positive things that she does. And as her father, I see everything that she is. Now, I don't see her heart, right? She is her own person, and I don't see her heart, but God does. God sees our heart, right? So nothing is hidden from, from him as our father. She can hide things from me. She can hide things in her heart, and I pray that she doesn't, but she can, and she can get away with that because she's her own person, right? But God the Father, nothing is hidden from him. So if I sat here, and I, and I'm, I told her she doesn't have to say anything, and you don't have to say anything, she's like, oh. She's pulling her hair down like this so she can't see anybody. I put your back to your friends so they can't look at you. But God, God sits here and he says, I know the hard times you're going through, right? I know the struggles you have. And God's like, it's okay. Because I'm here. And I'm with you. And God says, I love you. And I care about you. And the tough times you're going through, I can help you. If you let me help you, I can help you through those things. I see you read your Bible in the morning. I see you try to have a relationship with me and I know that and I'm here for you and I know the hard times you have and the struggles you have and this is, guys, this is God to you. I'm having a hard time doing this because it's her and she's starting to tear up. But guys, times is times a billion. This is God and you. I could have every single one of you come here and sit in this chair and it'd be a little awkward because we're real close but I'd push you a little further away. (laughs) And I I know most of you to some extent at least your name. Some I know better. And I could know some of your problems you have in your life. As a human being, we could have sessions, and right? we could have counseling sessions. Every one of you could sit here, and I could, I could encourage you and empathize with you and try to help you through your problems and, and say it's going to be okay, and I could encourage you in that way. right? And, and, and it would be emotional because I'd be sincere about it, and if you would be sincere about it as well, we could have that moment that, that, that Maddie and I just had of, of connection and understanding what I was saying for an example, I really mean. I really mean that for her, right? She's my daughter. I love her. And I care about her. And I want the tough times that she goes through for me as a, as a human father to be there for her. But I know that her heavenly father is way better at being a father than I am. And I want to tell her that she, her heavenly father loves her more than me even. And that he will help her through the things that I can't help. So we could do that physically with everyone in here, but I, what the point I want to have, have you understand this is that you can have this any moment, any time with God your Father, at any time, anywhere, and he's here. Like he's in the chair waiting. The chair might be empty because you're not sitting there, but God's ready, and God will be like, let's go. Let me help you. And he, he has no problems with that. So the hard times you have in life, God is in this chair. He is knee to knee with you. He's ready to help you. You just have to open your heart. You just have to humble yourself. You have to lower your defenses, lower your guard. Get rid of the reasons why you can't. Stop. You're just lying to yourself. You can go sit down. Thank you. You're just lying to yourself because you don't have that uncomfortable moment. That was uncomfortable for her at first. As I told her this morning, she's like, no, Dad, no. And Lisa's like, obey your father. (laughs) And she still was like, no, Dad. So I, I, I bribed her with food, as all parents do with the teenagers. But that was uncomfortable for her, and she didn't want to do that. We're that way. We, we are, you're going through something hard right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe I do know what it is with some, but I don't know what it is that you're going through. You're going through something hard right now. And it's uncomfortable to have that conversation with the Lord because it makes you vulnerable. You have to lower your defenses all, not even part of the way. You've got to lower them all the way. God says a humble and contrite spirit, right? You've got to lower those defenses completely, and the Lord is there. And it's better off if you do, but it's hard for us to do that. It's hard for us to to lower our defenses and become humble in that way, even even as people that know it's better off if we do that. But I promise you, if you put yourself in that position and you lower all those defenses and you admit your failures and you admit where you're inadequate and you tell God where the things that are bothering you, he knows already, right? Right? But if you tell him those things, if you admit them almost to yourself so that he can hear it from you, he's right. He he will not push your chair away. 
How unheartless would it be for me to be like, I don't care about your problems to my daughter. Get out of my face. God doesn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm human. God is not human. He would never do that. He is ready. He is knee to knee. He wants to hear and he wants to help because you have, a hard, you have something hard in your life. There's probably not a person in here that doesn't have something right now, if not multiple somethings, that you need God's help with. And you don't know how you're going to get to the end of it. You don't see the end in sight. You don't know how to overcome it. You don't even know how to get through this service right now. And you're about to die because this is really heavy and hard for you to hear because you know it's true. And you're just dying right now. Like, I did. can you please say amen so we can leave? I'm so uncomfortable right now. That's the Holy Spirit saying, this is for you. This is for you. I love you. I want to help you. Let me help you. You have hard times. You have burdens. I'm the hope. God says, take my yoke. Let me help you. Give in. Be humble. Let him help you. We have one last point, and, and I wanted to do this before uh, Maddie came up here. But when you have failed in sin, don't give up. And I say when, because you will sin. You will make a mistake. You will fall. You will falter. You will fail. You will do something wrong, and you'll be in a situation of your own accord, something you have created. And at those times, it might feel like, well, I got to go. I'm out. I can't do it. I can't. I've, I've forfeited all opportunities, or I keep sinning, things that keep coming up in my life, and I can't, I just, I quit. I can't do this anymore. 1 John 1, 9. If we, are, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, there it is again, and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you fall, when you fail and you sin, repent again. Get your eyes off yourself again and fix your eyes on Jesus again. Get up and get back in it. You fail, you ask for forgiveness again. I don't care how many times it's been. You ask for forgiveness again. You stop looking at you and your failure and you start looking at him and who he is and you don't quit and you get back in the fight. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we believe not, believe not means without faith, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. So even if you get to the point where you don't believe in yourself, you don't believe in, you don't know what you believe in, you're faithless, you don't have that shield, or that shield is so tiny it's not going to cover anything, he still abides. He's still faithful. Even when we're not, he still is because he is who he is. He is I am. He cannot be who he is. He is faithful no matter what. So confess again. Get your eyes off yourself again. Look at him again. Do not allow your failures in your past to prevent you from living a full life now. You have to realize God knows we're dust. He knows you will fail. He already knows the failures you will make. He's prepared for those things. He sent Jesus. He wants us to remain strong in faith in him, to pull us out of the pit, set our feet on solid ground, and use us for his glory. He has a purpose for you. Your heart is still beating. doesn't matter what you've done. He has a purpose for you. Use his power to keep us from those sins that we find ourselves revisiting. Use his power. Use his word to keep you from those things. You keep revisiting those sins, get more in God's word. Read his Bible more. Pray more. You don't get over things by doing less or doing the same. Do more. Get in his word more. Don't wallow in your failures. Don't give up. Please, don't give up. This church needs you to not give up. Your pastor needs you to not give up. Your family needs you to not give up. Your, your friends, your, your, your fellow church members need you to not give up. Even if you're not best friends, if you're just acquaintances, if all you ever do is shake hands and say hello or wave from across the auditorium, this church needs you to not quit. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever those things are, this church needs you to not give up. It needs you to get, get back in the fight. So in conclusion, living by faith or in things not seen, right, from Hebrews, it's hard. When you don't see those things, sometimes it's hard. But we're reminded that life can be difficult, right? G, uh, James 1 says, uh, my brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That just means adversity. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Life is hard, so we can trust in him, so we can put our faith in him and be patient and make ourselves more usable from him. You're not alone. 
Many have come before who have struggled with what you struggle with and much more than what we struggle with, yet they remained faithful. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, considering how they made it through. They spoke the word of God to you. They've come. Many people have come before us. And the word of God has been used to show us the things they've went through, way harder than a lot of things we've gone through. Some things may be exactly what you've gone through. They persevered through faith. They persevered. Look to them. And above all, remember Jesus. He knows your works. He understands your worry. His grace will be given in your time of need. And it will be sufficient for you, even at the worst times. So look to Jesus. Fight the good fight. Finish your race. Measured by eternity, the hardships of this life will not be long. Measured by eternity, the hardships of this life will not be long. And in Luke 21, 19, it says, in uh, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Just meaning, in the patience that you have, in the faith you have in your Lord, your life can be lived fully for him. You can, you can own what he has for you to do because you persevered, because you've had patience, because you've had faith in him. So life is hard. Life is hard today for many of us right now. But God says, please don't give up. I will help you. Let's stand. As Brother Jacob comes to sing and the instruments begin to play, I don't know what you're going through, but I know you're going through something. There's no way you're human and not go through hard times. And you could try to get through it on your own. You can. You can continue to try to, just with good old gusto, get through, make it work. Or you can give up. You can quit. You can say it's not worth it. You can leave church. You can, you can lower your standard for, for your walk with the Lord. You can say, he, it's just not worth my time. It's not worth my effort to, to, to talk to him and develop that relationship. You can get angry. You can get bitter. You can get mad at other people that have caused pain. You can get mad at a lot of things, and you can give up on a lot of different areas. There's a lot of places we could have gone today. But I just wanted to take the moments, and I wanted you to think about the things that you're struggling with and ask you, don't give up. Please. Please don't quit. Please don't give up on God. Please don't decide it's not, worth, it's not worth living for him. Please don't decide to go your own way. Please stick with him. Stick with his yoke. Stick with his light, easy work because he is there for you.